You're listening to That Music Podcast with me, Bryson Tarbett. I'm the music educator and blogger behind That Music Teacher and ThatMusicTeacher.com. Join me as I dive into what it really means to be a music educator. I hope that you're able to find a nugget of inspiration each week as I share my favorite ways to create purposeful instruction through active music making. Along the way, you'll hear from some of my amazing colleagues as they share practical advice that you can apply to your own classrooms. So grab a coffee, sit down, and let's get started. This episode is brought to you by my free guide on five ways to better serve students with exceptional learning needs. It can be hard to try to best serve your students with exceptional needs in the music classroom, but it doesn't have to be. There are some simple steps that you can take to help your students while also taking some of the stress off of your shoulders. In this free PDF guide, I'll share five of my top tips for better serving those students that might have exceptional learning needs in your classroom. To claim your free PDF copy, head on over to thatmusicteacher.com slash exceptional learners. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to That Music Podcast. I'm really excited to be recording this podcast episode actually live on Instagram and TikTok. I've never been one to really do live recordings of my podcast, but it's something I've been trying to experiment with. I've been doing a little bit more live video um, just because I love being able to connect with you guys a little bit more. Also, it's 100% an accountability thing because if I'm live, I actually get it done. Um, So... (laughs) We're going to be live today. Um, So if you're tuning in live, the replay will not be saved. Um, So if you want to catch what I actually say, it is going to be in the podcast this Wednesday on wherever you, you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much wherever you can find your podcasts. So today we're going to be talking about something that I believe is incredibly, incredibly important, which is creating an LGBT plus inclusive classroom um, in the music classroom. And I think it's important for us to realize that we don't really get a free pass just because it's music. So let's dive in um, and really not mince words about this. And let's just go ahead and get started. So first, I want to talk about why this is important. Why is it important that we as music teachers are creating a classroom that is inclusive of our LGBT students and not not only that, but students that might be questioning or might have individuals that um, you know that their friends or families with. Why why we're creating an inclusive classroom for all those students? For you know the the first main point is that we want to validate our students. We want to make sure that they understand that just because there's differences in the world um, and that they they still matter. They still have a voice in our classroom. They still have the ability to be musical. They still have um, the same right as everyone around them to have this safe space within the music classroom, to make mistakes, um, to try new things. And I think it's important for us to really think about the environment that we're creating in our classrooms because it is a a conscious effort for a lot of it. And I think it also, by creating an LGBT plus inclusive classroom, it doesn't really mean that your classroom isn't friendly to those that don't identify as LGBT plus. And I think that's a thing we, uh, we get into this like false dichotomy that it's either we're, we're making this um, pro LGBT classroom. We're also making a, um, an anti-cis-het classroom. And I think it's important for us to realize that by making our classroom more accepting, it's not excluding anyone. (laughs) 
And I also think it's important for us to remember we have mirrors and windows. So this is something that often gets talked about in literature and stories and things like that. But we want to offer students mirrors so that they can see themselves in our classrooms and in the literature we choose and in the repertoire we, we sing. But we also want them to have windows. We also haven't want them to have windows to see things that they otherwise they wouldn't see in their own life. You know, they want us, we want them to see stories that aren't their own, but that stories are still just as valid as anyone else's. And like I said before, we don't get a free pass because it's the music classroom. I know <laughs> this, we, you might be thinking, well, I only have so much time with these students. How am I supposed to do everything? And I really think it's important for us to realize that you, it, it doesn't have to be this huge thing. It's just a way that we make, that we set up our classrooms and we set up our procedures and we, we set up the, the environment of our classroom to allow our students who are LGBT or who have you know friends or family or are questioning who are LGBT, that we allow them to just have a safe place. It doesn't have to mean we completely change our focus. Again, it doesn't have, you know, LGBT plus whatever, it doesn't have to be the inclusive central focus of the, your class and your lesson, but it needs to be present. It needs to be there. It needs to be a part of the, 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 the culture that you've created and that you've allowed your students to create in the music classroom. So really, I'm going to break this up into four points. So I'm going to, to briefly go over the four points, and then we're going to dive in a little bit deeper. So the first point is inclusive language. I know I we talk a lot about teacher language, but teacher language really matters. It's really important, and it's something that is incredibly, incredibly important, especially when it comes to creating an LGBT-inclusive classroom. The second point I want to talk about is cre uh, is allowing yourself to have LGBT inclusive literature, which is a whole topic <laughs> that I can't wait to dive in a little bit more on. Our third point is making sure that you're addressing name calling and bullying in the moment. And the final point we're going to talk today is about making your ally status known. So am I saying these are the only four points to make a, an LGBT inclusive classroom? Of course not. I am saying these are four approachable ways for us to take some steps to make sure that the classrooms that we are creating, the, the environments that we are creating, are allowing our students to feel heard, valid, and safe. So let's talk about our first point, inclusive language. So this is really one of those things where it might take some time and some practice. Uh, I know there are certain things that I do that I'm, I'm trying to unlearn. For instance, if, you know, a student holds the door open to me, I might, you know, I might say, you know, oh, thank you, sirs, or, you know, thank you, ma'am. And I think it, it's not really necessary. I, I think, you know, just, you know, oh, thank you. You know, that was very kind and just change the words. But also when it comes to when we're addressing our whole class, thinking about the language we're using to address the class. Instead of saying, all right, boys and girls, think about maybe using a different phrase like, all right, musicians, or hey, first graders, or hey, student leaders, or what, whatever. But like, it's a small change. But for those students that might not feel like they fit within that binary, it's it could be a huge difference. And for me, and for me as a teacher, it doesn't really change. It doesn't you know, me changing my words to a simple thing like that, it doesn't make it any harder for me. So if I have the option of making it no harder for me than it is and allowing a student to feel valid in my classroom, obviously I'm going to choose the way that allows a student to feel valid. Uh, another thing, especially if you're doing like folk dances or games like that, that ha often have people, uh, students break up into two groups. Instead of doing like boys versus girls or boys and girls, do like group A or group B, or you might use colors. Like there's, there's so many different things that you can use to group up students rather than boys and girls. And I think that's one thing that also it's just, 
I don't know. I, I think that it's an easy way to start. You know, say, all right, we're going to do boys and girls. But when you think about it, those are going to be the same t- groups every time. But if you allow your students to have different groups, maybe, all right, we're going to have everyone that's wearing red shoes today or whatever, breaking it up in a different way, that could also um, help create some mixing within the class um, that has a, an added benefit of not just using gender-specific language. Another point when it comes to inclusive language, and this is just one of those things that kind of works for a lot of things, but when you're talking about your students, like grownups and guardians, instead of referring to them as their moms and dads, there are a lot, there's some other language that you can use that it will, even if it's, you know, even if you're taking LGBT um, things out of the equation, that is just good practice. You know, instead of calling them moms and dads, call them your grownups or your adults or, you know, the people in charge of you, whatever. Uh, but realizing that there's a lot of different family structures out there. And by, you know, changing your words just very small and, you know, changing it just a little bit can allow us to be more inclusive of those students that aren't in the quote unquote traditional family structure. Now let's talk about LGBT inclusive literature. This is something that I feel very strongly about. You know that I love books. You know that I love using literature. And I think it's really important for us as teachers, but especially even as music teachers, to make sure that the the literature that we're using in our classroom is diverse in a lot of different ways, whether whether that be culturally, whether that be... um, you know, LGBT or gender identity, I think it's important for us to show just again, going back to those mirrors and those windows, showing our students that there are parts of um, their lives that will be mirrored in, in parts of literature. And there's also going to be parts of their lives um, that they're, they're, that they don't relate to. It's, it's someone else's story, but they're relating and they're using empathy and things like that as well. Um, so when you're looking at your literature, I have a lot of books in my classroom library that show families that have same-sex parents that have, um, you know, students talking about, you know, different gender identities and, you know, not do not following the quote-unquote traditional gender norms, but it's not necessarily the central focus of the book. And I think that's something where, like, there are a lot of wonderful, amazing pieces of literature that are, you know, the central focus is about LGBT issues, but I think there's also so many books out there that just... They tell a normal story and they just have characters that happen to have these these aspects about them without it being the main thing. I love it when I'm reading a book and when I see within the illustrations that we might have uh, a same-sex family or, you know, maybe the character has two dads or maybe they're just walking down the street and you see um, two moms or, you know, I think it's it's it doesn't have to be this huge central focus, but again, it has that point of validation. You know, if you have, if you see someone in the character is a boy and he has nail polish on, like that's, that, that's, you know, validation. It's not, it doesn't have to be this huge, you know, central focus of the literature because as music teachers, we do have a lot to teach, but I think it's also important for us where we have, there's so many options out there for us to use literature, even when we're using literature to teach music, there's so many options out there. I think it's really important for us to make sure we're using uh, and we're choosing options that also, when we're given the opportunity, also have some validation and some mirrors and some windows into um, the LGBT um, world. And then here comes the kind of serious bit. Let's talk name calling and harassment. First things first, address it in the moment. If you hear someone calling someone names or making fun of someone or making, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about. You, you know that there are these things that sometimes you'll hear. You need to shut it down. You need to make it abundantly clear that that kind of talk is not appropriate. You can explain why, depending on the age, depending on the situation, obviously. But you need to shut it down because it's important for us to remember that by choosing or, you know, 
inaction is an action. You don't get to choose not to do something. When you choose not to react, that is your choice. And I think it's really important for us to, even if it's something as simple as, no, we're not going to do that. Or no, we're going to make a better choice. Or no, that was not a kind thing to say. And moving on. That is one of those things where you need to make sure that you are drawing a line in your sand and say, these are the things that I will not stand for in my classroom. And that's one of those things where name calling, bullying, harassment, they need to be shut down immediately. And if they need to be, you know, if it's if it's consistent, if it's pervasive, report that to any, um, you know, your administrators or who else you need to to follow your appropriate uh, chain of command. But also make sure that you are doing your part in the classroom to shut things down in the moment. And the last one is one that I think we kind of forget about sometimes. And I think it's important for us to make sure that we are making our ally status known. Now, it doesn't have to be showing up to school in a full-on pride regalia. So I have a mug with my singer song sticker on it. So if you're on, if you're listening live on TikTok or Instagram, I'm showing you right now. Um, but it has, you know, the rainbow flag. It has the bisexual flag, the, uh, the transgender flag. And, it's, and it, it, it's just one of those things where it's not big difference. It's just sitting on my desk. I'm not bringing any attention to it. It's just one of those things that if there are students that uh, are questioning or are wondering if the way they are is okay, having something like that or, you know, having a pride flag in your room somewhere or even if it's a super small one, you know, maybe on your door. Like in my door, I have um, the sign that says you matter and it has all different um, skin tones and um, pride flags all over it just to, to tell everyone that they do matter. Uh, it's one of those points, one of those things that it doesn't have to be huge or in your face, but it allows our students to know that they are safe. It allows our students to know that they're valid and that you are there for them, that you are there to support who they are. And that's one of those things I think we as educators need to be better at to make our students know that we are allies, we are there to support the LGBT community in whatever way that might be um, within <laughs> within the scope of being a music educator. So those are really the, the four points that I wanted to talk about today. There are so many other ways that you can make your classroom LGBT inclusive, and I, I really want to hear from you guys. So feel free to reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or wherever wherever we can connect, or you can always um, do join the General Music Mastermind, which is a free Facebook group, thatmusicteacher.com slash mastermind. And I want us to talk about how we can make our music classrooms more inclusive of the LGBTQ plus population. Because again, these four points, they're just the tip of the iceberg. They are just a place for us to get the discussion started so we can make sure that we are keeping our classrooms available, valid, and inclusive of our LGBT plus students. If you found this episode helpful at all, I would really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Not only does this help me understand what you find most helpful, it also helps more music educators just like you find the podcast. To check out the show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned, head on over to thatmusicteacher.com slash show notes.